Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Good morning, traders. Yes, yes, guess what? I'm at Spencer Israel's desk taking over. I said it, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. Let's go ahead and bring on Dennis Dick and Joel Khan. And how are we doing this morning, guys? Uh, doing well, doing well. Um, I don't know, Dennis. Can we still work with this guy? He's a, he's a suit. This guy, he's a suit. He's a suit. They always they were calling Benzinga suits, and we said we weren't suits. And now all of a sudden, we're suits. I tell you, though, man, he's all style. This money Mitch is all style. So you got uh, you got Nike shorts on under there, Under Armour, <laughs> jogging pants. It's supposed to be seventy five uh, de- degrees in the D today. So, uh, oh, boy, he's oh looking boy. slick though, man. I didn't even uh, I didn't even have to wear uh, a suit and tie uh, for uh, services because we did virtual services for the new year. But uh, anyways, the last Mitch, time you wore a suit, well, you just went to a wedding. A wedding that was yeah, it. You just yep, went to a yep, yep. What were you talking about today, Mitch? Well, we got a lot going on. We had Jeannie Ernie's, uh, Jeannie's earnings. We got a stake in Citrix. We got Sherwin Williams, Petco, Apple, Tesla, Microsoft. A lot on the board today. And we, of course, we're going to get into an interview. Uh, we got today, we got David Trainer, founder and CEO from New Constructs. It's going to be a busy one, but let's go ahead and get started first on the list. I, w- I want to get to uh, this Elliott stake. Um, you know, more than 10% wants in Citrix to take a step and boost its valuation. Well, what are you thinking here? And and I, I'd ask to ask you guys because I don't know too much about this. So let me know what's broke, going on with it. By Dow Jones last night, two minutes before the eight o'clock close at 758. Uh, Al goes all over it, uh, just jumping right on that headline. You could see it just popping up immediately to the second. Broke at, at 758.00 and traded up to 109 at 758.00. So the algos are all over this kind of stuff. Um, an incredible move here, 6.76%. Feels a little overdone, but you're in a gap area. So, you know, it could get more overdone. I'd say if it got to the 115 area, I'd probably ring the register on the event. You know how I love to sell the rep, but... It's pushing higher. It's holding up the entire session. It doesn't look like it wants to leak back, and you're in a whole gap area. So there is room to the 114, 115 area. Uh, been around. This company's been around a long time. I, I remember oh, this. Yeah. Oh, forever. Uh, I mean, these kind of things, you know, these guys, they take their stake, they, you know, they tweet it out, or it hits the press, and it gets the move. And it's just a question of whether or not you know, is there immediate value in this stock? Is you know are they going to push it to one fifteen, one twenty, one thirty? I don't know. Sometimes these things take some time. First things, yeah. First things first. Let's get through the pre market high at one hundred nine ninety seven. We're trading one hundred nine forty nine, and then you probably will. St- I don't know if this goes to one fifteen on it. Then that's that would be a gift uh, to fill the gap that must have been earnings. Really, no resistance up to 114. 114. That's what I was looking to. Yeah. Was like, I don't want to come in early and say, oh, yeah, sell 111 when there does look like there's room to 114. But at the same time, I'm buying a 111. No, I'm not chasing something up 7%. But you guys know my style. I've been here a long time. I don't chase. Another possible thing if you're looking for, pro- you know, to take profits, let's say you're, you know, pick this thing up between 95 and 105. You're getting a little break here. 
one of the scenarios is it runs in the morning, you know, go takes out 110, goes 111, 111 and a half, and then, yeah. then, then a real seller comes in. Then it starts to roll over and maybe goes back down through the open. So a couple ways to look at it. It's just uh, definitely no man's land here for Cistric, Cistric Systems INC. It's a mouthful, Joel. It is. It is. It take me a little bit to get back. Oh, you know what? Also, I forgot to mention. Uh, didn't do the the commodity. Uh, you know, the spoos and the crude and the gold and everything. But uh, the only thing I want traders, investors to know: rollover. Uh, this is the last day we traded SEP. It's the first month we had the early first Wednesday. Right, last Wednesday was yeah. the first, and now it's a labor. This is like a weird week with uh, Labor Day on Monday, the Jewish holiday on Tuesday. Uh, roll over when you know today being Wednesday, and then the Dece will be trained. The Dece will be the front month contract on uh, on Thursday. So you get a little uh, you get a little of those uh, liquidity uh, moments when they're rolling over the contract. So a few air pockets, and we do that did have some few air pockets in the spoos this uh, morning. We actually have over a 25 point range. We Let's did see sneak, yeah, we did uh for some reason we went down to 4497, Dennis. I don't know what happened just after that 4 a.m. opening. We were down pretty good. They took come out back, the, buy the dip yeah, wins again. Yeah, took out the low from last week, and then it's just been a steady churn yeah. to get back to unchanged. You so. know what I think it was too is uh crypto was getting hit pretty hard here oh. overnight. It has bounced back from those lows. Like, but we saw last night crypto obviously was the catalyst, maybe even for the overall market sell-off yesterday, because you were seeing and, and we've said this before. You know, you think Bitcoin isn't correlated to the markets, but we've seen over the course of the last year when Bitcoin starts to get slammed, money starts to come out of other assets as well. So um, obviously a horrible day for crypto yesterday when you were away, Joel, where Bitcoin was really getting hit. But um, again, overnight we were getting hit. You can see it in the charts. And then we've kind of rebounded here. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the market has rebounded too with the rebound in, in Bitcoin from around that same time you were talking about four in the morning. Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess things aren't going so well in El Salvador with the. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll depend. He says he's buying more, so they're buying the dip. So we'll see. Bitcoin goes to a hundred thousand, and El Salvador uh, president's going to look pretty smart. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's only gone up, right? Uh, well, buy the dip has worked. Yeah, buy the dip has worked on it pretty much everything. Yeah, it's been the best strategy. You know, speaking of buy the dip, I noticed Kathy Wood too last night buying the dip again in Deer. Um, I actually got hit pretty hard on this one. I had it on for an herb trade and it opened down and it got hammered and um, just pulled the rug out from under it. You saw a lot of stocks. It was a vicious market yesterday where some stocks like Apple were moving higher. Some of the meme stocks were moving higher. Some of the of the cyclical names, some of the, you know, like 3M as well, Joel. Check out the move in this one yesterday. It opened up around just slightly down at 193, and it closed at 185. Like, this was a big move. And dear, same story. At one point in time, it was down almost 20 points. So it wasn't even individual news. At least I didn't see any on Deer. And you just saw a lot of rotation happening once again here. So this has been the name of the game. It's, you know, even though the spy continues to just shrug most things off because we know, you know, it seems like it's rotation within the index where something gets sold, they buy something else. Money's just scared of cash altogether. 
But, I mean, there was some stocks really getting head hard yesterday, and 3M and Deer were two of those. Well, one of the things is we're going to have to call Rob up because, I mean, if you if you know, see, September is one of the seasonally weakest months of the years. So seasonality coming into play, and you can does. Um, you know, that's why you need the stock odds, man. We see- talked about seasonality a little bit yesterday because ELY had had an upgrade, and I was like, I don't know really if I want to buy golf plays, but we were interested in the sports betting plays. A couple of people in our chat, chat's real smart. Um, picks up, you know, and talks about, you know, as sports betting, you know, speaking of seasonality. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, I was saying October is the best, best month for sports, kind of like the pen, kind of like the DraftKings. don't have either of them, but they were setting up okay on the charts. And lo and behold, pen now showing some life. Great day for it yesterday, despite the overall market weakness. DraftKings breaks out from its range, it was just sitting there rearing to go, and it does indeed break out. Um, obviously, GNOG follows that one, but the sports betting plays are hot. Um, I think on pullbacks, I think I'm interested in all these plays just because you're coming into seasonality. you got to think October. I was saying, Joel, is October the best month for sports? Because you got baseball playoffs, hockey gets started, football's rearing and going, and then you got basketball starting up too. Isn't October about the best month for sports? Yeah, uh, yeah. The only thing you're really missing is uh, college basketball, and that gets you know that gets started like in November. But no, we talk a uh, whole nother you know seasonality plays with uh, you know with the sports book NFL kicking off on Thursday. Uh, Tampa Bay Bucks uh, playing the Cowboys. What do you think about that one, Mitch? You think that you think the Bucks are going to bury the Cowboys? Yeah, I just think uh, at the end of the day, Dak is not going to be as on point as we expect him to be. Just because I think he's going to need a couple games under his belt. But, I I mean, a lot of people are doubting Dak uh, this year because of his shoulder injury. Watch out, guys. I mean, this guy was one of the leading quarterbacks for uh, two years, and and then he got injured. But if he can get it back, I I think the Cowboys will do all right. Let's switch on to Genie with this. Joel's trying to take us in the sports show. Yeah, I can't blame him, but I got Genie. Let's talk about Genie's sports here. Um, So this morning before kind of the earnings were released, they also were granted a temporary event wagering supplier license for Arizona. Um, So as you guys can see, I've always talked about how these are all about state by state. As each one goes legal, you need to see if they're getting these licenses because this goes up and shows up on the bottom line. And it's not something they can put out in, uh, ahead of time because they need to get the license, right? So they can't just be putting it in the bottom line. I think this helps Genie for sure. But if you look at their earnings, they reported a quarterly loss of $3.08 per share, which missed the consensus of $0.25 cents of loss there. So hmm. there must it, be some adjustments in there. Yeah, Stock is getting hit on this report. It kind of got hit ahead of it yesterday, and they bought it back um, towards like, right in the morning when they were, decided that they were going to start selling everything. They did buy some stocks back. I still like this play, Mitch. Are you still in it? Yeah, yeah. You held through the through the earnings. I mean, I, I, if you get a significant pullback, I do like this play. I had picked it up at eighteen, and then I got spooked and basically sold it at the same price. Um, if it was to get back to that 18, 19 area, I think I'd, I'd take a flyer on it. We're down a buck here this morning. I do think this is a dip to buy. I hate being the first person in because I've been punished like that before. We know with the Fisker purchase a few weeks ago, uh, this is one I wanted to put in the long-term portfolio for the simple reason is that you like it. And the second reason is that, you know, this is a play on, on sports betting. So I, I like both of the, I, I, you know, I like this whole sector. 
So I do like the stock. Uh, I might wait and not try to be the first one to catch the falling knife, though. A uh, pair of highs to contend with, and we're a buck seventy off them at twenty one seventy eight, twenty one seventy nine from the last two sessions. So there's what you need to get through uh, in order to have some more upside. Twenty one ninety was a high you had back in June, but just from the fact you have two lows in the same area, it makes it a great level for today. Um, on the downside, you got lows around twenty here, and uh, it would be important to hold. Ugh, well, there. They're both under 20. First things first, 2015, you're kind of hanging there. That's your four-day low. And then you might have some work to do under 20. I'd look, I'll spot the two lows from last week and call it 1960. But first things first, let's see if the street wants to buy it at the four-day low of 2015. You haven't even traded there yet. Now, one thing I would mention about Genie is that as of recently, they did get some good partnerships. Um, they announced multi-year strategic partnerships with DraftKings, Caesars, WinBets, and also AAA SI Sportsbook. And so what this really all about is about their, their NFL data, right? Um, that's what I pay attention to this company is that they've been making the right deals with the leagues. And this was reiterated by the CEO, Mark Locke. He said, we continue to significantly expand our leading portfolio of official rights by partnering with the sports leagues and federations in the key regions across the globe. So I think this is what you pay attention to in the industry, right? The thing behind the thing, the data, they need to get the partnerships with the league. Once they get the partnerships with the league, what ends up happening is all these companies like WinBets, Caesar, they all come to Genie and say, we need the data to get our sports book as live as possible. And that's that's the it's all about the data, right, Dennis? It's all about yeah, paying everything. for the data, and that's why I'm in genius. The thing behind the thing, and I think in the long run, it's just an investment for me. I never have said, I think, publicly on a YouTube show that I'd hold the stock for more than a year. This is one that I'd hold. So, this is one you're planning on holding. This is not a trade for you, this is a longer term investment. Exactly. We're getting an opportunity on the dip here this morning, and I am interested in it as well. I'm going to wait for the dust to settle, though, just so I don't get fiskered. And I, yes, I made a new verb here. <laughs> get in frisky with the You fisker. got frisky uh, and fisker. I got fiskered and fisker. <laughs> oh. Trying to catch the bottom. Oh, C- CTX moving up here, and they're now trading 111, up 750. Maybe they do have that gap fill on the mind. It's got, I think so. It's big. It's, it's big. Get it there and bid. It's bid right well, now. Well, you know what? And here's the main thing about when you get, you know, slower news days. When you get a, a headline like Elliot, and it's in the middle of earnings season, it might get lost. But when you have not that much individual stock news happening, Guaranteed CNBC is going to talk about it. Guaranteed, you know, they might even, you know, bring somebody on, you know, an analyst, or they might even maybe either get somebody from Elliott. I'm not sure if Elliott's outspoken, but you just, you know, once it starts getting more media attention, that drives the price further too. So that's why it's tough to just come in and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to short, you know, the one stock that's having a good day out of, you know, obviously there's other stocks, but I mean, of the major, you know, names and the major news stories here today. There's not that much news. So, you know, when you got quiet news days, you got to be careful just shorten the one story. We're, that we're story, losing, losing some altitude here. Did we have... We've uh, been bouncing around, Joel. Yeah, we've been we've bouncing been, around. Yeah. What's Bitcoin? Bitcoin rollover or what? Is Bitcoin, Bitcoin leading this market? <laughs> is this a bitcoin market i don't have i don't have the bitcoin eye like i have the spoo's eye and i just know we tried to get we were on change for a little bit and then now we're down five and a half so i can't tell you i don't have the 
Bitcoin uh, uh, spoo overlay chart. I just uh, I was just looking at this. That's what we and, need is the Bitcoin overlay chart. Nineteen and a quarter. Yeah, another indicator to follow. Uh, but uh, no, that's where we're at. We're at uh, thirteen and a quarter down six handles. We're actually we're actually trading below a weekly level. A weekly level. This is uh, probably the third time this year that we've actually traded to a weekly swing number. So if I had to put a hat on today or for the remainder of the week, and don't want to say it, but bearish. Oh, Joel. That's it. Yeah. Every time you try to get bearish, though, and this not just applies to Joel, this applies to every human being on the planet. Whenever we try to get bearish, the market just gets bought right back up. And I guess it depends your definition of the market. Like I said before, I like to look at the IWM as a better feel for what's happening overall here because the spy is just so heavily weighted in those top five names. But okay, Money Mitch, take us to the next area you want to talk about. Boom, shakalaka, says a girl who has no name. Let's go ahead. Let's get into it. So I don't know if you're trying to paint your home, Dennis, but Sherwin-Williams SHW today lowered its net sale guidance uh, third quarter 2021 while leaving its full year 2021 net sales and diluted net income per share guidance unchanged. So are you painting the house, Dennis? Input costs, input costs. And they talked about it, and Christian Fromhertz just tweeted it out. I did retweet the tweet. Um, talking about input costs not being so transitory. And this is a major issue for a lot of companies. We've saw a lot of the food producers, obviously, input costs. And Clorox, we saw an issue with input costs. Um, in Her- was it Hershey's? I think it was Hershey's too, you know, same issue. And then I believe you had PPG warning about this, if not yesterday, but recently. Yeah, PPG warned on Tuesday. So same thing. It's, you know, we've got inflation. And some companies benefit from it and other companies don't. And Sherwin-Williams, obviously input costs here, inflation happening in there, not helping Sherwin-Williams. So, and people... Believe it or not, probably do hold off projects. You know, if you know they're looking at you know paint costs and everything else going up, people do hold off projects. So I was talking about my one uh, friend who's uh, you know a builder, and he was saying you normally through the spring he gets you know 15, 20 calls on decks. He said I didn't even get one, and the why is that? Because wood costs back in the spring were just going through the roof. So transitory issues, we you know, transitory inflation maybe, but in some cases it looks like it's sticky. And in Sherwin Williams' case, not good for the stock. Yeah, the inputs for paint, pigment, resin, and solvent here. So they're the inputs. Look at uh, you know everything. What? Look at what? Oh, come on, guys. How do you think I found that? <laughs> Our friend Google. That's, That's the way, this way <laughs> chat answers all my questions. Friend. Oh, was it the chat? No, it was it was chat would have it too. What is paint made of? What's so. better, the chat or Google? Because our chat knows all the information too. We ask, and the chat comes up with. The well, it's because too. they're a lot of them are robots that are. No, directly. there's no robots in there. I know you believe that, but robots aren't. Come on, and you were Who's looking a at robot? You know, the abs- You've got this in your head that everybody's a robot, and it's not. The robots aren't as sophisticated as you think. I would guarantee you, the majority of the people that are in our chat right now. There is the odd robot, don't kid yourself, but the majority of these are people, even though Donkey Limited and Will, Will Alton just do beep boop. And <laughs> uh, Sun, uh, Sunday said, LOL, I'm definitely a robot. You see, the robots are planned. Oh, they are say, all robots. They yeah. all said they're robots. 
I'm a bot. Tom Bigger's a robot. Dan's a robot. Joel, you're absolutely correct. Sunday says I'm definitely the odd robot. Slovak's uh, a robot. <laughs> you guys throw one in. I had no idea. All of our chat are robots. That's okay. Well, we like robots. What was the name of the robot in um, that show Lost in Space? What was the robot's name? You Danger remember? Will Robinson? That, yeah, I think it was Robinson, wasn't it? No, no that was, was the name. No, that was the guy. But what was the robot's name? Oh, the, the chattel. No. The chattel, see, no what was the robot's name? I can't think I of it. That. It was you should mi- definitely know that. This is back from your days, Joel. What year did that movie come out? 1970? It was a TV show. It wasn't it Johnny was, Five. Johnny Five was from uh Short Circuit. What was um I don't I, know. I lost in space. Robbie. They're saying Robbie. No, it wasn't Robbie. There was multiple it, people saying Robbie. Really? Yeah, I, that's five people saying Robbie. I'm calling them right. These the it, chat knows. Have to go with the Robbie. chat. What is better, Google or the chat? I don't. I, I'm honestly stuck on that because our, our our chat comes up with the answers fast. You know what I'd say? I say our chat, of course. You know, I think so too. Top, you know? I'm going to start just going to our Let's chat right for the, instead of going Google. I'm just going to go to our chat, and then we'll give us the answers. All right, let's go ahead and transition here. I'm trying to get through all the topics today. We are I'm tired. Not- We're giving Mitch a hard time. He's in the Mitch is in the hot seat. All right, so the it's wolf a suit. The He's a suit. Arkin, I hope Portnoy doesn't Arkin. see you down today. That's all I have to say. Those beds oh, in the no. suits. I mean, I, I could do some sports betting today. Hey. <laughs> but um, Petco, Petco CEO, Ron, purchased 46,600 shares at an average of 2172. Um, so you got a filing for this morning. It, the dogs are barking, man. Woof. Woof, woof. Great ticker symbol. We got to do that ticker symbol show sometime with all the best ticker symbols, and I will vote woof right up there in the top ten. D-nut. Woof. Woof. Let's see here. Is that how you say woof? Woof. 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 When the dogs are barking? I. I, Mm. It's it's getting a nice lift. CEO buys. So, So let's just talk insider filings. You know, sometimes you get a small one. Sometimes it's another company. The CEO buys. People take notes. And if the CEO buys a significant amount, if he buys like a you know ten thousand bucks worth in some of these smaller caps or a hundred thousand bucks worth, not as much, but you know he bought a significant amount of stock here. What does it come up to? A million bucks worth? Forty six thousand times twenty one seventy two. What's that math? Quick chat. Twenty one seventy two times forty six thousand six hundred. I cannot. I am good at math, but I cannot do that one in my head. I guess he could round fifty times twenty. A million bucks. I'm going to say million bucks. I, did, I actually can do it in my head. Million dollars. That's a vote of confidence. Like, well, I, I don't want to say anything bullish about this because I don't want Mark Chaikin coming on and ripping my head off. Is Chaikin coming on? No, but remember, I've said we said like a possible support level in Chewy oh, last yeah, week, and, like and he, yeah, so I figured, uh, what's Chewy been doing? He's like, what are you chewing on? He said, yeah, he was like, you gotta buy that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, this is a pop. It looks like kind of light volume taking it up. Uh, we do have two areas of concern here or two potential areas of resistance. One you're right at right now, 2244. Actually, three highs in this area. So if you can hold this 2230 off the hop, I think you get some continued gains. After that, closer to closer to 23. Ah, this is, I don't know, not a huge mover. Maybe if a big move, you get up to 2289 today on the inside buy, but big move for it already. Uh, considering look at the last ranges over the last few days, we're not that much. 
And uh, the robot was called the robot. It did not have like. Uh, they said Robbie. Uh, it was they called it robot. I can't remember that little you're guy. You're arguing with the chat. Yeah. Come on. Well, Robbie the robot. Yeah. Robbie. Right. That's kind of a scary well, show. Well, one of the things I think with Petco is always it's the convenience, right? And so they do have a partnership. I'm pretty sure this was DoorDash. Um, and with that being said, they can get your food delivered to your house same day. I think this is definitely helping them compete with Chewy because the whole big part with Chewy was that you could get your food in one to two days, right? But if I got if I don't have to wait even a day and I can just get it delivered to my house with, with Petco, what, what gives Chewy the advantage there? I think this is the battle now that you're seeing. Um, a lot of these companies are now using these driving companies to actually deliver their product and thus getting around these kind of e-commerce business that are just in kind of like one to two day shipping, you can get it same day delivery. Why not? And you don't have to worry about the driver eating your food, right? Unless they like dog food <laughs> or they, unless they have their dog in the car. But uh, I don't know. This not bad looking chart on this one. We'll see if we get some follow through. All right, let's let's move on to the next one here. Uh, let's talk a little bit of Apple before we get to our yeah. Grinding higher, grinding higher. I look at my portfolio and it continues to go up despite having some a few dogs in there. But it's because Apple is it, it might even be the top component now in my long term portfolio just because it has moved up so much. Um, I don't know. I might have to actually sell some just to rebalance. I'm <laughs> becoming an Apple. I don't remember what it is. I think it's 8 or 9% of my portfolio now just because it's moved up. It used to be 2% and then it just keeps going up. So it's taken over a lot of my portfolio just like Fang has. Google's a huge chunk. Amazon's a huge chunk. Huge chunk. I'm basically SPY. What SPY does, my portfolio does. My long-term portfolio we're talking, not the trading portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they like the news of that event, right? They're having some event coming up, a streaming event, September 14th. Yeah, so. write that on your calendars. We know yeah. we like to talk about the run-ups into events. You're a little ways away from it yet, but maybe we get to like sun, you know, Friday nights, uh, Monday, Tuesday. You often do see Apple run ahead of the events. So there's a trade. There's some alpha to usually extract from, uh, from the run-up ahead of the events. All right, so they're reportedly also entering the BNPL space. So buy now, pay later. And as we know, uh, PayPal also went after the Japanese payment company Payday for about $2.7 billion in cash. So, I mean, multiple companies starting to step up in that space. And we also had a firm, um, you know, with, with the talks with Amazon. I mean, this is, this is a, a very big focus right now. So I, I think this is just helping them give, give them that lift. Kicking the can down the road with payments, huh? Hmm. I like that. I like that. I forget who it was on Twitter, but buy now, pay never. That would be a good business model <laughs> in this environment, Joel. Everybody would go to that. You'd have all the revenue. Move you'd have all you'd have all the pre-revenue anyways. You know, I don't know how you make money with that model in the long run, but the long run doesn't matter to people. <laughs> buy now, pay never. Yeah, you come with us, you don't ever have to pay. Everybody would go there. You'd have so yeah. much business. You'd be the number one. You'd have everybody buying everything through there. And then <laughs> you probably pay the exact same thing. You probably don't pay any financing costs over the course <laughs> of time. Like if you buy uh, something for 75 bucks, you just make, you know, equal payments. I I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It sounds to me like a whole nother 
housing bubble. Didn't we already try this by now and pay later? Didn't we try this in like 2000, 2008, Yeah, then when you get the mortgages that you never pay off. So <laughs> yeah. I actually, I guess it's already out there. Worked well. That's what drove us into the 2008 <laughs> financial crisis. Yeah, yeah, good times. Right. Good times. Uh, well, we were talking about PayPal. PayPal is moving up to uh, fill a gap. Uh, I can't remember. I think that maybe that was from earnings. That's real close. That's right there right now. Uh, if you're waiting for that gap fill from, I'll, I'll call it earnings, 96.78. So you're getting a little bit more than that. So just be aware that you got a gap fill there. Uh, Apple, I mean, broke out a while ago. Just ran into a few sellers in 155. Now 157.26 is the all-time high, all-time closing high yesterday, 56.69. So there are your two levels. And then you got to start to think about, 160, right? Uh, maybe before the event to see creep up there. Nice volume yesterday. And I can't remember the last time Apple's had a two buck. Oh, it, it had a big day back on uh, hmm, the 27th and went from 48.60 to 53.12. But uh, a nice run here for Apple. New all time high, new all time closing high. All right. Now, one thing I, I would like to note here is. What if brokerages step into that buy now, pay later kind of thing? That would be something else, right? Uh, Matt Hammond saying, yeah, that's just called margin. That's called margin. Yeah. <laughs> buy now, pay never. Kind of, kind of. Until that margin call comes. Can't blame him for that one. All right, let's go ahead. Let's transition here into another stock before. Let's go into Tesla. So Tesla, uh, there was a release here of their China Passenger Car Association said the Tesla sold 44,264 uh, vehicles in August, and it also also got more subsidies than NIO. I think that's a, a good state, a good headline there because really, I mean, in China, it's Tesla and NIO that are really battling right now to grab the market share, and so we're seeing the Tesla is is, is is winning at least the battle right now. I mean, we got this one right yesterday. We talked about the potential for the breakout. I was like. I wouldn't want to be short at 740. This looked like it was breaking out and it absolutely did. Ran another 12 bucks up another eight here today. Um, you know, it's obviously trade never trade on fundamentals for a long, long time, but it trades on story and the story is still hot. The story is intact. You don't know where the next revenue source is going from. I, honestly, I don't see why this can make new all time highs. So you're at 900. I mean, we've got to, you know, when the thing was back at 600, I was like, I thought it could go to 400, but you got to be able to change your mind. That's your, that is what you are allowed to do as a trader. You've got to be able to change your mind. You've got to be able to get on the bull of the bear train. I've not participated in this move on an investment basis. I trade this almost every single day, though. It's a great trading vehicle. It actually has a lot of ETF arbitrage in there as well, which, you know, doesn't get a lot of media attention, but it definitely has a correlation with Apple now, which, you know, put up the Tesla chart and put up the Apple chart, Joel. I mean, Same you can start thing, yeah. to see that there is some correlation here happening since Apple got added or since Tesla got added to the S&P last year. So stuff to think about. But I mean, it's tough, you know, it's tough to, you know, you, you think fundamentally, yeah, it doesn't make any sense to be valued where it is, but they value it like a technology company and it continues to go. Uh, yeah, and you are you're back uh, halfway of that entire move. You went from nine double o forty down to five thirty nine forty nine. Uh, that's a three hundred sixty point move, and you add that boom to five forty. You're over that fifty percent now. Next monthly high, and I don't want to get people too excited yet, but 
Your next monthly high doesn't come in until 780.79. That's not too far away. That's 20 points away. Maybe you can drill down on your dailies and get, you know, some double tops or double bottoms or, you know, or excuse me, uh, you know, double tops is potential resistance. But according to the monthlies, 780.79, that was your April high in Tesla. So, so I still have a little chunk of that. Not, not planning on doing anything with it anytime you soon. You are just like Warren Buffett. Oh, no, yeah. Me and Warren. Ever and ever. It's Lisa, actually. But Yeah, exactly. She liked the showroom, and now this was pre-pandemic. They had a little showroom at uh, Somerset. Yeah, I know. I told you that. I told you like the story there when Spencer and I were like went to Somerset Mall. Spencer was about two years old at the time, and it was so busy that the cars in, in the showroom there was like three cars in there, and you had to line up to get in. But they had a lineup going in the back seat and a lineup going the opposite way into the front seat, so you had to line up. And then we got in the back seat. And I started smell smell something, and I looked at Spencer. I was like, "Did you fart?" And he's like, "Yep." I'm like, "Okay, there's actually people we don't know in the front seat, and you're farting in the back seat of the Tesla." Okay, it's time to go. <laughs> Welcome to two year olds. <laughs> uh, good thing that's the only thing it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. When you're two years old, you never know. Hope it wasn't an SHART. Okay, so come on, Mitch. We <laughs> this pay show just went off the rails. Come on, Mitch. Spencer would Bring never us let back. this happen. Bring come us on. Back. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Let's oh my gosh, what happened to this hey. show? I missed two days and talking about farts in a Tesla at Somerset yeah. Mall. Shits and giggles, baby. We can, can we say that? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed with the suit on here. I'm not sure if we're allowed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we got we might get the boot, we might get the boot there. But All let's right. go ahead. Let's get into our interview today. Um, I already see David here. He's joining in, so we, we, we might as well transition. Good timing. We can learn here. So let's go ahead. David Trainer here, founder and CEO of New Construct. Welcome on, David. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's good to be here. Nice to see you guys. I'm uh, joining a very lively discussion. You're just in time to save the show because we're all getting fired with the next uh, run, next tangent we were going on. So, David, save the, save the show. Save our show. Hey guys, these days you got to do a lot worse than what you're doing to get fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. A lot lower these days. Yeah, <laughs> we we talk about that. So, David, um, you could look at this earning this earning season was just too good. I mean that you know the expectations were there, they just blew it away. How can we how can we sustain this? This is you know some of these companies, the tech companies. 
I guess, in particular, Blue and Away? Is it just like that that perfect mixture of, of coming out of the pandemic and and the rates and it doesn't get any better in this or, or does it get better in this? I don't know if it gets much better. I mean, what we're seeing in the numbers is the, the companies overstated how bad it was on the way down and they're overstating how good it is on the way up. Uh, this is a typical cycle. I mean, I remember this going back to the tech bubble and uh, I was a youngster back then, but the, uh, the older, smarter guys called it the kitchen sink effect. When things were bad, companies write down everything. They want their earnings to look as bad as possible. And what that does is at a minimum sets up for good comps yeah. a quarter later, a year later. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that uh, play out exactly for the S&P overall and for you know individual stocks. Uh, we're also seeing, in general, a trend uh, where earnings distortion is getting higher and higher. Uh, earnings distortion is being the difference between what companies report or what, let's say, S&P says is the operating earnings number and the real number. The real number being core earnings. That's a number that we specialize in producing. And we're seeing the amount of distortion, both in over overstatements and understatements, just getting higher and higher over the years. So we so basically, yeah, we're saying it's 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 better. It's not as good as it looks. Companies are 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 pushing unusual gains into their numbers in order to make them look as, as good as they can. Talk about, you know, we're out of obviously out of earnings season, but we had Sherwin Williams here today talking about input costs. We had Clorox talking about it. Um they Sherwin Williams in their report talked that you know they thought this is uh, these input cost increases could be more sticky than what the Fed's letting on. Um, is are you seeing this? You know, like are you seeing concerns for this for other companies? Yeah, no, I think it's. I mean, it's kind of the elephant in the room, right? I mean, everyone's sort of wondering how transitory is transitory. Yes. Um, what's another wave of the pandemic going to do? What's this semiconductor? chip shortage going to do uh how long is that going to last like that's i mean these are these could be a, these things could be a big deal um and i don't know if anybody really has the answer i think the fed's playing it safe and yeah even late rates low i think they you know after this after the 70s debacle right like we just you know whatever you do don't raise them too fast yeah um easy money is better than hard money in this in this day and age for sure i think it's also the politically correct thing to do and I think the political impact here is important to keep in mind, guys, right? Like what, even if the right thing to do is, is to pop the bubble in the market, right? If it's the right thing to do all the way around, what politician wants to be on record? Or in they don't want to be the one. Yeah. Great they're going to point. Take the hand down the road as long yeah. as they possibly can. Yeah. Right. And, and by the way, they get to insider trade, <laughs> right? Apparently I mean, so. It's legal for them. So they're making money either way. They're going to be fine. Their families will be fine. Uh, and as long as they get reelected, they're happy, uh, which means you tell people what they want to hear and give them what they want, uh, and not necessarily do what's right. So I feel like that's an important context for us to consider whenever we're thinking about the markets, because there's a lot of company stocks out there. I mean, look, we got GameStop reporting here soon, right? Um, that's got our worst earnings distortion score, a strong beat. It's, they've been historically sneaking a lot of unusual gains into the numbers. Um, and you know, I don't think there's a rational investor out there that would try to make a straight face argument that it's uh, valuation is anywhere close to what it deserves. It's, it's why is that? It, and you know, in the short run, it seems like valuation can always, you know, price can always 
get away from where real valuation is. But, you know, we've been talking about this GameStop for the better part of 2021. And yet, you know, AMC GameStop, you know, like somebody was saying, you know, the AMC value is five times what it was before COVID started. Yet, you know, movie theaters are obviously in a lot worse situation. Why is it that these don't go back to, you know, where fundamental value lies? Yeah. Why don't people tell the truth? And (laughs) right, why doesn't everyone, uh, you know, um, do what they're supposed to do? I mean, look, yeah, if I had to answer that question, Dennis, we could be doing this uh, interview on my yacht, right? (laughs) We wouldn't be doing the show. (laughs) These are these are sort of existential questions of our time. Uh, And and we spent a lot of time thinking about that, to be honest with you. And and I think, honestly, that the one answer I've come up with that, that does, I think, at least approach making some level of sense is that i think retails investors do this because they don't believe that they can have access to reliable fundamental analysis so think about that if there is no fundamental anchor to what it is you're doing then to heck with it right to the moon well that's well that's a lot of this nft stuff too is it not i mean we could pay a million dollars for a digital rock so it's just built on, you know, somebody who's buying that for a million dollars doesn't believe that the digital rock is really worth a million dollars. They believe that somebody will buy it for 1.1 million tomorrow. So, and that's what really the driver is. It's like the whole fear of missing out. You know, even these Brady NFTs that are supposed to be rare, yet I see a whole nother bunch of them getting dropped, it seems like every other day, and they're going from 10,000 to 20,000 to 50,000. I mean, this market has been built on the, you know, the fear of missing out. Yeah. And you only live once. Uh, I, I agree with that. And I think that the way that that sort of mentality can take hold in the way it has is when there's a vacuum for some reliable fundamental analysis. Right. When you when you've got no anchor on sort of what would make sense for a value, then you know what? You know, it's 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 open open season on whatever. And, and, and Dennis, I think you bring up a great point. NFTs are just sort of a natural continuation of this trend toward, hey, if fundamentals don't matter, then then let's go. Let's just let everything's in, at play. We're on the line with David Trainer of New Constructs. Uh, I want to talk about the financials here for a second. And uh, and you see this in, in stocks or sectors a lot at, you know, big run up, sold off after earnings, big run up because Interest rates are going up, right? That's going to be primary driver for banks. Now, you know, the Fed, you know, maintaining their stance. I mean, 20 end of 21, I don't see that happening. 22, what's holding these bank stocks up? If you know, if interest rates aren't going up and that's not going to help them improve their margins, these things had major run predicated on, on rates going up, and now. We don't know when they're going up, but these are holding up. They've sold off off their highs a little bit, but Goldman Sachs goes from what three fifty to four twenty, hanging out at four ten, four twelve. What's uh, what's the next? What's the next driver for the banks? Well, I think to begin with, Joel, a lot of these banks were really cheap. J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs. Uh, we 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 did some interviews a while back, just talking about how those were leaders in the space. Look, Goldman has been a money making machine since I was on Wall Street. Uh, and they were really cheap for a while, as was J.P. Morgan. And so they were just kind of they were left behind, I think, for in, in a large part because they weren't as sexy as the the tech plays and the COVID plays and the work from home plays. 
Um, but going forward, I think they're still going to make a lot of money. Look, I think DeFi is, is for real, but I think when you've got a war chest as large as what these firms have, and you've got a firm that's as dynamic as Goldman, they'll buy their way in, you know, if they need to, before they let it take them over. They're not going to, they can pay the monster off before it eats them. <laughs> and, and so I, I think, you know, let's see, what does Goldman look like here? JP Morgan is still looking really cheap on our end, right? It's trading okay. as if profits will, will decline by 10% permanently. Goldman, um, it's still, it's still relative to its profits, still looks really cheap in our system. It's trading as if its profits will permanently decline by 50%, right? So, um, these companies are to make ridiculous amounts of money. They are, I mean, it's almost, it's an oligopolistic approaching an oligopolistic uh, competitive environment for them. And, and they make tons of money and we're in a completely financially, you know, centric society. I mean, look, when I started into the business, there was no such thing as, as E-Trade or, or day trading or an E-Trade baby. Right. And, and, and now, I mean, kids are trading. Um, yeah. It's gamified. Uh, and so, you know, like this, this all plays into sort of an increasingly, you know, digital and financially oriented and investing and gambling society. All right. I just want to add, I think you're 100% right on that, David, that the banks eventually will just probably, if they need to, they'll just buy their way in because, I mean, we're, we're starting to see the opportunities open up more and more and the return really show up. I think what it's always been about is, is it worth it to them? I think they're getting to that point that eventually it will be worth it to them. And the easiest way is, is, is just definitely acquisitions. I think that's what you'll see. And also these smaller name uh, companies, especially like with the SPACs that are out nowadays, I think there's just going to be definitely some, some value coming in eventually when these prices that, you know, when they came public go down half the valuation and then they're able to just step in and take them. Yeah, Mitch, I think that's a that's a really great point to make. And it's often overlooked in terms of these upstart industries. So much capital goes into launching a business that's trying to disrupt another business. Tons of capital. And the incumbents, it, they're smarter to wait and let those folks spend all that capital, pick off the winners, buy them and, and get farther along in that new trend or that new industry with less money than they would have if they tried to spend their way in too. Right. I mean, I look at, you know, let's let's take EVs, for example. Right. What do we what, what has happened to Tesla's market share of, of the last year? Right. And the marginal sort of growth, it's gone way down. And GM and all these firms, did they spend billions and billions building out stuff to prove EVs? No, Tesla did that. Now they all got all they got to do is just feed into that market and convert their existing manufacturing advantages from internal combustible engine to electric vehicles. I don't think it's going to be that hard. And I think Tesla's ultimately going to get crushed. I think this additional capacity they're bringing on in all these new factories is not going to have enough demand. And the incumbents are going to be just fine. They didn't need to spend all that money proving EV. Tesla did that. And the same is true, I think, for a lot of DeFi, just like what you're saying, Mitch, right? Because guess what the banks own that's more valuable than anything? And we see this all over the space in, in the software space, right? It's the customer relationships. They can take a new technology and scale it and make it profitable just like that. Same with the incumbents. They, they have the ability to scale a new kind of vehicle and make it profitable, which Tesla, excluding regulatory credits, has never been able to do to this point after all these years, right? 
So there's a huge advantage to these big firms that own the customers. And we see this in the software space all the time. They don't care if you're making money. They just care how many customers you have. Yeah. It's Salesforce, right? They didn't make money forever, right? But they had a lot of customers. And we see the same is true with whether it's a Wayfair or um, uh, any any of these. Well, Amazon was a poster child for this. You know, for years, you know, everybody looking at how can Amazon be worth $300 a share? They're burning cash. They're burning cash. But they were growing revenue and growing revenue. And you know what? When they wanted to turn on the cash spigot, they just did it. And obviously, you know, now we look at it and say, okay, I, you know, what was I thinking when this is $300 a share because the bloody company is making a 50 or $80 a share this year. So it was really, if you're looking back and could project that growth and say, hey, they can turn on the cash train when they want to. I mean, that's where I think a lot of the mentality of the investors changed. They're looking for that top line growth and they think that everybody can just pull on Amazon and can make a ton of cash when they want to. But every, all these companies, some of these newer startups aren't Amazon. Right. I mean, Amazon's a once in a generation company, right? Google, Facebook. And that's what that's what I love about so many of these traditional research firms is they always are saying this new company is the next Amazon. It's the next Google. It's the next Facebook. Because those kinds of companies just grow on trees, right? <laughs> and I agree with you completely, Dennis, right? It's, it's a rare feat. And think about it. You know, Amazon was very stealthy about this, right? They were a book company. They didn't talk about how they were going to get in all these other things and, and, and brag about how they were going to disrupt all this stuff. They just quietly went about doing it. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're a cloud company before they even really even, you know, they, they're, they're there and doing it before they're even talking about it. Um, and nowadays you got companies talking about and executives talking about what they're going to do and being valued as if they're going to execute on it when the expectate when, when the reality is that the the execution is going to be extremely difficult, especially when you've telegraphed that that's what you're doing, and especially when so many other firms are trying to do the same thing. One more question for you, David. Uh, we're seeing we're seeing a trend here of of companies, you know, the bigger companies uh, using their stock cash value and making acquisitions quite a bit. Microsoft uh, just did Apple doing it um, in a smaller way. I mean, it's just, are they just trying to buy, like they just don't know what to do with the money or they think their stock is overvalued? What Have you seen this trend before and, and how does it turn out? Yeah, I've seen this trend before. This, is a, this was a tech bubble type thing too, right? And I remember you know, early on Wall Street and, and, and asking this sort of same question of the senior analysts and, and their answer was, well, the company's got an expensive currency, right? What took them 200 million shares to buy, they can now buy with 100 million shares or 100,000 shares, right? And so these executives are writing checks on a bank account they don't have to cash. It's somebody else's shares, right? And it's an expensive currency. And so they feel like they're in a strong position to make acquisitions. And that's a big part of the mentality. And keep in mind too, look, Guys like Goldman, JP Morgan, and the investment bankers are in their ear every day trying to get them to do deals, right? Because that's how Goldman and these guys make a lot of money. So there's a lot of pressure. And then for the executives, there's a lot of upside, right? Instead of being a $100 million company, now we're a $150 million company. And now my compensation committee has to go to a different peer group for setting my compensation. I'm king of a larger territory, and my compensation goes up. And I did it all without spending any of the cash on my balance sheet. Right. You've never heard a company get sued um, because they overpay for an acquisition. You get sued when you underpay. So all these incentives are toward M&A and acquisitions. And I think it's important that 
you know, people just keep that in mind when that's going on. And again, when it comes to fundamentals, nobody's looking at the fundamentals of these acquisitions. No one says, oh, they spent 50 billion and the profits they're going to get from that 50 billion is just 500 million. That's like a 0.1% return on your capital. That's not a good move. Um, and, and there's no, there's no uh, explanation about how that maybe 5 million might grow to a 50 billion. There's no accountability for that. I think a lot of, you know, the meme stock retail investors, they see that there's, there's no real reliable fundamental research. There's no accountability for fundamentals. So why do we care? Hey, I have to agree. I mean, at the end of the day, thank you for coming on, David. But uh, thank you, David. I, I, I went to school also for finance and I learned a lot of things. So let's just say I, I can grab that book and probably just drop it right here because uh, uh, it's just how it goes right now. At least the fundamentals haven't been mattering. We'll see no. when the logic comes back into play. Appreciate you coming on, David. Uh, if you guys don't know, this is uh, this is David from new constructs the ceo check it out guys one of the things that they do best is economical data so i appreciate you coming on david my pleasure great to be with you guys I thanks love david hey hey reeled us in there that was good that was i good. know we it was going good. off the rails we, were we should yeah, bring we're it like, back to that because that was uh i was waiting for a raz, <laughs> for a raz call or a raz tech what are you guys doing there but uh, good thanks david we'll get you out again uh always around earnings season thank you very much all right, there, there you guys have it. Now let's go into. I, I did see some news on NIO. So NIO offering. There was a lot of offerings last oh, night. Neo had an offering. I had them written down. There was just a ton of them. Where is my? No, I don't see my list. But there has been a ton of offerings happening for a while. And why is that? Because you know, when stock prices are inflated, you find ways to you know raise money. Now this is a, this offering, I believe, was. Uh, um, wasn't from the company this was from a shareholder wasn't it neil yeah let's look let's look at the headline i see it is an aggregate of two billion um it's at the market let me see if this was from i think it was from a shareholder i thought i saw it go by but you know there's a lot of news going on i'm going to look here too well for those it's always the price right you know where the price act as support or resistance right i didn't haven't seen the pricing on these yet but um that's what matters. I yeah. mean, we saw it last night from Cody as well. Cody was another one, COTY shareholder dumping stock. And I mean, it's had a big run. You know, you look at the run up from eight to 10 in just a couple of weeks, and somebody's ringing the register and they got out at 850, I believe, the pricing. That stock's trading below that now. There's a lot of companies that are still struggling out there that have been the beneficiary of, you know, of a bull run and, you know, and markets that a lot of money has flown back into. And, now you're starting to see some separation where, you know, the hot stories are still getting capital inflows, but some of the reopening plays we've talked about them have cooled off substantially. Well, uh, Chris Brown made a comment, you know, what about when Google bought YouTube? Well, that was one genius. hell of a purchase. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, look where we know, are, right? I mean, yeah, that I mean, that, that's got to be one of the best. Pro- what did they pay? Eight billion? Yeah, I think five, was it five billion or something like Maybe that. Maybe it was even less than that. And I think they make that in a year. That's a question for like a chat. I won't ask. Yeah, Google they'll because robot the it. Chat out, will be fast. How much yeah, did Google? Don't. How much did Google pay? I think it was AM? three billion. We're finding out right now. Google bought YouTube for one point six five billion. Oh, jeez! Oh, Can you imagine? Twitch, Twitch is is coming fast too for YouTube. So we'll see what happens. Really incredible. Yeah, Twitch? You, I don't know. Really? You look, you look at the viewership, Joel. It's coming fast. 
at least the growth wise is probably about three times the growth of, of YouTube. So definitely check it out. I mean, I haven't been on that. Uh, Dennis, you go on Twitch. We're going to no. have to get Joel on. I Twitch. don't go on anything, Joel. I'm old. <laughs> I go on my TV. I read the newspaper. Physical <laughs> newspaper. Well, uh, uh, I get my milk delivered. I get my milk delivered. That's a topper. Yeah, yeah. He, he still puts out the milk, you know, for the milkman. Actually, I, still I did. drink my beers from the little stubby bottles. <laughs> I, I, I We're did going see... back and forth. This show is just terrible today. Where is Spencer Israel? We need him back. Mitch, help us out. All right. Well, soft <laughs> the, suit, the suit set this off. We don't even know how to do it. We don't know what to we do. We're all nervous. We're all nervous. infiltrated the ranks and Benzinga just tweeted out. And now it's throwing us off. And we don't know. I'm in a t-shirt every single day of my life. <laughs> I got the Benzinga t-shirt hey, hey. on today, though. Hey, the old one. The same one, Dennis. Could you wear I think I wore the one? same one yesterday. Could you turn it inside out at least? So we I know we I should. Well, that's what you do when you're in you know, the wash. You turn the underwear inside out, don't you? Uh, <laughs> show is getting so bad, man. This guy, Dennis, telling, telling all the people <sighs> this morning. But, but Save water. About Microsoft? They, they did a little purchase. Yeah, editing software developer Clip Champ. Um, so Clip Champ, which caters to both individual and co- uh, corporate workers, has over 17 million registered users and an adoption rate of over 390,000 companies. So pretty much, I mean, hey, another acquisition to get them into graphics, the kind of new thing that we all are using. Um, it's it's just a move into digital, further into it. All right, you've had the move, and I don't even care about the acquisition. I care more about what's happening with Facebook, Amazon, Netflix. You've had the move. Apple makes a new high, it seems like, every single day. Facebook is trying, it looks like, to break out to new highs. Amazon has quietly come back and is trying to fill the earnings gap. You knew eventually it was going to start to come back up. And it has. And, you know, we filled two-thirds of the earnings gap. And then you got Microsoft that had was the leader for a while. It had the big run, and it's in consolidation station here. Yeah, just around good, good for 297 you. to 305. Oh, if I'm it. a betting man, and I am because I am long Microsoft, I think it resolves itself eventually, probably to the upside. Unless we get this September to wreck all markets where we have finally the 10% correction in the SPY. I got to think a stock like Microsoft is going to probably eventually play a catch-up trade to Apple. So I'm not a seller of Microsoft. I know it's down. I did a little acquisition here, down 40 cents here today, but I'm holding on to my Microsoft. Uh, I know. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Are you really? I'm probably I'm probably going in the hole on this one. He wants to bet. Yeah, I'm probably going to go in the hole Joel on this. wants to get bearish. I should wait. I should wait like a day or two. You're getting but, bearish at the right time, though, Joel. It's September. This is when you typically should be bearish, correct? So, you know, historically, we've had some tough markets in September slash October. So seasonality says, yeah, you should ring the register. So if you want to make a bearish bet with me, you're doing it at the right time. Okay. Let's go a virtual launch. We're going to... A virtual we, lunch. I love this. Yeah, we got An a, NFT lunch. We got it because we got to... Let's create the NFT... And we'll share an NFT lunch, and we'll just, you know, that'll be very satisfying. Because you live up in the boonies now, and I probably can't get into Canada. Um, no, I, I, probably, like I probably won't be able to take you out to lunch. <laughs> so we'll do virtual lunches. Okay. Uh, I can order you something in from Tim Hortons. I like the NFTs. Uh, I hate Tim Hortons lunch. Don't Tim Hortons donuts were fine. Spencer Israel gave me the Tim Hortons gift certificate. But I don't drink coffee, and the food at Tim Hortons is absolutely terrible. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want food from Tim Hortons. <laughs> 
Okay. Like the best um, Canada is. So okay, here we are. Two hundred ninety-nine dollars and seventy-five cents. Microsoft. Uh, and don't say I'm I'm uh, I'm getting the edge, but I'll take two ninety. I'll give you three ten. You are getting the edge. You're taking me for it's twenty good. cents. Here. I knew it. Oh, thirteen cents. Okay, now. I'll do it. I'll even give you the edge. You got oh, two ninety. So. I got three ten. If uh, if the uh, market crashes in September, I'm going to get burned on this one. But we we'll do a virtual lunch, um, to to be determined later. Where is this? I, I, I mean, it just it's just the way it's, it's a bet. Up. It's a bet. It's, it's a bet. It's a, it's a bet. bet. Boom, boom. Just the way it's setting up. You had the high before the at uh, two ninety seven forty seven. Uh, which you know, and, and then they had their crazy deal raising, you know, prices in office, and you came down to two ninety, you know, ninety six eighty three. So to me, it's just kind of leaning heavy on this two ninety seven area. Once you take that out, I think you get a look at two ninety. So that that's it. I mean, I'd be more convinced when it went through, you know, this uh, this uh, you know, ninety six eighty three level. But since I can't give up the edge there. That's what I'm looking at. And three ten. There's got to be so much stock for sale. If it, when it gets back to 305 and 306 and 307. Yeah, and... I know. I see where you're looking. It's going to be okay. tough to get Quad witch You probably up. could win this bet. Yeah. I'm not as confident in this bet. And you know what? People are betting with you. They're already hitting Microsoft. It's fallen 20 cents since we just made this bet a few seconds ago. So they're already with you, Joel. They're listening to you. And they're like that, Joel. Alconan knows his stuff. He's bearish. I'm selling. The odds already. I, I, just, I just, I'm just. The market has spoken. They like your side of the bet better than mine. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. All right, it is a 901. I'm actually late for a free market prep plus. I'm going to go over there and cover all the symbols. Mitch, we should uh, touch base later in the day here to get set up for at the close show. But uh, join me. I got questions on DocuSign, Oracle, buy the dip, and DocuSign was the main question I'm going to address on free market prep plus. So we'll see you all over there. All right, see you there, Joel and uh, Dennis. Uh, have a good day. Another day trading. Another we day. like the suit, Mitch. We're giving you a hard time, but we like the suit. Oh, I mean, I feel like we're in a suit. I feel like we're in a suit now. I don't even think I own one though, so I'd have to go out and buy one. You got on. You feel right? That's that's what they say. So Dennis is relaxed, and he's about to get his trading day on. You know, he's we're off. Shirt. Good luck, everyone. He's doing and killing it. I'm gonna be getting ready to do what? Money, guys. Let's go ahead and let's get into let's get crypto talk here um we're going to talk a little bit of some crypto action here let's take a look at what we are seeing in the crypto markets right now this is of course brought to you by voyager here let's let's take a, a look i mean all red today but could this be a buying the dip opportunity here that's of course what we need to go ahead and pay attention to this is the benzingo uh update brought to you by voyager you can get 50 dollars in free bitcoin when you use the code zing on voyager and deposit at least a hundred dollars with over 60 assets to trade and choose from annual yielding of 12 percent voyager is your launch pad to into the world of crypto um i'm going to be watching the, the that doge pullback now that we're under that 30 cents i've always paid attention to that level can we get back up there that's going to be an interesting mark btc down about 9.2 percent also eth coming down there we'll see if they can start bouncing back um you know we've had a, a good run but these pullbacks are necessary you know they give it an actual level to come back pull back find some pullback buyers and get back up roaring i'll be watching to see what happens in the cryptocurrency market but of course Let's go ahead and let's talk some stock here. I'm um, going to go and let's let's play this little here. 
Got to get this video clip going. All right, so now let's go ahead and I'm going to get you guys into the market. We do have live trading with Benzinga that will be coming on, uh, I think about 9, 10, 9, 15 starting up. But until then, you guys have me right now to do some ticker time. So you guys throw some tickers in the chat. But first, let's get these likes up to 500. I need at least 500 likes. If not, Luke told me I have to leave the office and get out of here. So if you guys want me sticking around, Go ahead, smash up that like. Let's get into what we're seeing out there in the market. Yep, you guys, you guys see I have my chat open on Benzinga. If you guys don't use the chat, check it out. A lot of people talking stocks in the morning. Let's take a look at our morning movers. What do we got on the gainers this morning? What is moving? If you guys got a stock, put it in the chat. Looks like there's a lot of stocks flying through there, so I'm going to start knocking this out. Money Mitch looks, you got it, with the suit. Rocking it. All right, first one up, B BBIG. Uh, Daniel's talking about BBIG. Let's take a look here. All right, let's pull up my charts here. So this one is pushing up through that $10 level. Had that sideways consolidation here between $7 and about $9.50. Now pushing up above that. I would look for a, maybe a slight pullback underneath uh, 11, maybe towards the 1090s, but you don't want to drop too far down below that. Maybe 1075 as the stop there, trying to get it back up towards this high. This high was 1190, um, and this was on the 1st of September. So look for that to be taken out. And one of the things to point is the lowering volume going into this move. I would like to see an increase of volume as we break through that $12, get to the next level. Uh, next stock up. Looks like someone wants to check out Facebook. Let's take a look here. Facebook has been pushing lately, had a nice uptrend. This is one thing that I definitely pay attention to. Um, Alt-T for our Benzinga Pro users. Uh, so you can kind of draw this trend line here. And as long as this doesn't break, I think we're going to be looking good. You can kind of see multiple times it coming to this level. Last time it came to this level was on the 19th of August. Then it pushed up above that. Now we just want to see it hold any pullbacks, let's say towards 374, 375. But I think this is setting on up to make a nice push towards 400. Let's go to the next stock here. What other stock we have? Matt, I already knocked out BBIG. What's going on, Yogi? It's good to see you. CPNG, I'm sh I think this stock had earnings as yesterday night. Let me take a look here. Um, was it, no, it wasn't right now. Uh, I thought that earnings should be coming up here. Let me take a look at the calendar. Oh, the 11th. All right. So after the close on the 11th, it did surprise there. Um, the estimates were, I think it was right off of it, about 0.1 off there. So let's take a look here at the chart. What are we seeing today? What reaction? We got that nice green bullish engulfing candle here on the 7th. And one thing that you can see is that you did run into resistance near 32 and 33s. So we're going to see if we can hold 31 this morning. That's what I'd want to see on the pullback. So you wouldn't want to see it break more than half of this green bar on the pullback and get back up through the high here. The high is 32.79. So let's see if that gets through that level. And let's take a look here on the pre-market, see how it's trading on the 15. 
looks like uh hold on looks like i don't have my after hours set here trying to get i'll work on that in a second here um we did get a nice push on up there towards 3260 you got a one push pull back a push pull back i'd look for a pull back towards this 3090 maybe 31 and then look for a red to green going into the open let's go ahead and i'll keep going trying to do my best with the charts that i have don't got the normal setup today but Genie down news today. Yes, Diane, if you rewind, it was about the second stock that we talked about this morning. Uh, you can go back and look at it. It is down, trading down today, but we'll see if it can get a bounce back. And that's Genie. Um, let's go ahead and take a look here. What other stocks are being mentioned? It looks like this. Bada bing, bada boom. Let's keep going. Um, what do we got being mentioned? AI. All right. Let's take a look here. All right, let's take a look at AI. How are we looking on the daily chart here? So you're seeing um, a bearish pattern here that got started when this broke down here, went on up, came up through there. Now we're starting to really start looking like it wants to try the trend here. If we draw a trend line here from here, you can see kind of this line that we could draw down. One of the things that you can see is also a bottoming action here um, near that 45 level um, so i'd pay attention towards that because you could get some pullbacks from here but you got this gap down and now we're starting trying to fill it can we get up there towards 52 34 it looks like this wick got right close towards it at 29 um, and the low there is 52 37 so look to see for maybe a pullback today towards 49 50 and then look for another push through 52 to get back through that gap. Um, this stock does have some good volume that's going in it in the last few days. So I'll be looking for a pullback in AI. Uh, what's another one being mentioned here? IGC. IGC, isn't that? Yeah, it is Indiana Globalization Capital. Um, it's trading higher after the company announced completion of its phase one clinical trial in Alzheimer's patients. Um, this is kind of one of those gap up and then just trying to fill the gap here. I would see this one coming back down towards 160, um, especially if you're seeing this weak action in the pre-market. So I do not like IGC that much. Let's keep going. Where are the ones being mentioned in the chat? Someone says they like X. All right. Let's take a look at U.S. Steel here, X. All right, so I've actually played this one recently, and I played it on a pop-up, but it didn't really hold its gains. And now you're seeing multiple times to try to break through on the downside here, 26.25. I actually do like this one. I'm going to be taking a look at this one towards the bell here. Uh, so I appreciate you, Alex, in Detroit. Looks like you got the Tigers emblem on there you might have to hit me up man I, i'm thinking about going to the detroit game this weekend so um, probably on friday here uh, but we'll see what happens here one of the things i do like is multiple tries to break through this 26 let's see if we get some good push up there towards 27 today i will be watching x towards the open mitch hit bud for me bud all right that's not too bad let's go let's take a look here bud 
Anheuser Busch here. Let's take a look to see what we're seeing. I, I kind of like this pullback. Let's take a look at a deeper time frame chart. See what we're getting to. Uh, looks like it was kind of holding a trend here. Calling, let's let's draw a line right over here. It was holding trend, holding trend, and now broke down on the downside. Where are we going to pull back to? I think we could pull back towards 56 here, um, but I do not see the turn action just yet. Let's take a look at the weekly. Weekly also shows really hard down action right there on that break of 68. I would look for this one to come back down closer towards uh, next level support 52. Uh, 52 would start getting me interested on some reversal side action. Alex says he lives in the downtown. Hey, come visit the office. We're not too far. Let's keep going. Uh, next up, uh, Verdu. Verdu being mentioned here by Don Russ. Want to get through that? Let's get to the. All right, 9.12, guys, we'll be getting towards 9.15, and then we'll get towards live trading. Uh, Winfrey and Bride to get in here. Let's take a look. What are we seeing? A nice pullback, a nice push through that level. Um, let's take a look here on daily. This one is coming towards a, a little bit of a resistance uh, attempt here towards 9.90. You can see that it was a resistance here and then popped up, didn't hold it. That's what you want to see. And then it came up towards these levels and rejected down at the nine. If you look to the left, you see that this was resistance here in December multiple times, and then eventually broke out, giving us that breakout. Also a wick right before it. Nice levels there. Um, but so now that you can clearly see 990 as resistance. I think this one's trying to head back down towards nine, but if it does come up, through that 990, there's going to be resistance there, and it needs to get some strong volume to get through $10. All right, let's go. Let's talk about DKNG. I got you. Pam, You, uh, I'll get Jobby right up next. You guys do me the favor. Smash that like. Hit the subscribe below. I want to see some subscribers today. If you haven't ever subscribed, I did see someone in the chat mention that this was the first time they hit that subscribe button after watching for two years. Don't be that person. Let, let, let's go ahead and let's hit the subscribe right now. And of course, like always, hit the share. Let everybody know where the best pre-market show is right here on Benzinga. Uh, DKNG, Chris Brown. Uh, let's do it. I, I hope you're the real Chris Brown too. You know, do a little dance. DKNG, DraftKings pushing on up there through the 60s. I, I mean, I was watching this one for a while. You guys remember, I actually got stopped out in DraftKings and I can, you know, you guys can be mad at me about that one, uh, but this one did make that push through 60. I had bought in it back when it was right here in this August, early August time. Now it's made that move through 60, going up there to 63. Where can this one stop? I think we are going to run into a little bit of resistance at 65 and 66. We can pull back closer towards 58. So right now, probably wouldn't be the time to go buying in DKNG um, if you're trying to start a new position. But like always, you can do your own risk assessment. And I think it is on an extension move on up where it just pushed from this kind of this breakout here, which was about from 52 to 60. So $8 up. If you calculate from that breakout, let's say $8 from the 60 to 68 would be kind of that reach on up to that extension we'll see if it can get towards 66 and 65 because there's some resistance there 
All right, guys, the bell coming soon. Yeah, Quantum, don't worry. We'll get you to the live trading. FSL, FSLR up 2% on news. You guys know how I like my solar names, so definitely let's take a quick look. It's like we got AB here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring on AB after this stock, and then we'll get on over towards live trading. Um, but look at First Solar, really starting to push multiple times to try to break through this 97. Today, I'll be looking for solar to get hot. I've been waiting for the, uh, the next wave in solar. So we'll see if the seasonality comes into play. Weekly chart has multiple resistance right there too. Next stop would be clearly 100. We'll see if first solar can get moving today. That's FSLR. Lucid did make up the gap. So that's not doing too bad. Um, on my own, never on my own. Never. I got, I got my man AB in the house. So I, I'm not stressing it. Let's go ahead and bring him on. What's going on, man? What's up, Mitch? How we doing? How, how do you like being in the office? You, you know, what's weird is that you're in the office, but yet I haven't seen you. <laughs> I know. I just I just climbed in. I was actually stuck in uh, traffic coming in. There was an accident on the highway, so it took me about 15 minutes longer than it normally does. But rest assured, I made it. I'm here. I'll, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Hey, of course, man. Uh, and at the end of the day, that's why we need these robots to drive EV. You know, we don't need these humans having errors anymore. That's what I'm saying. I was saying that yesterday that I'm excited for. I don't know if any if if you've ever had a close call with a semi truck, but it's not fun. Yeah, know, with semis, uh, I, I think the you know the final destination life is for me. Uh, but I agree with you, AB. You got to be careful with those semis. <laughs> I did see though in Detroit that the, the speed limit for the trucks is lower than the regular cars. Interesting. Like, I haven't noticed that. Yeah, I saw that on the highway. It was like sixty-five, regular car seventy. That's something. So where you where are you staying? They put you up in a hotel downtown or something? Yeah, man. It's time to party in the downtown life, right? There you go. There you go. All right, man. Well, I'll let you get over to live trade in. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com.